You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here for the Locked On Nationals podcast. It is January 27th, 2021. On the show today, I speak with Connor Newcomb of Locked On Orioles. It is a crossover episode. We've got a lot to talk about. There is big news, major movement on the Masson front. Masson, obviously, is the network that carries the Nats and the Orioles, and there's a lot of changes coming to both broadcasts. So Connor and I discuss that, discuss the new app that's coming out, which people are coming and going, how the fans feel about it, and what we can expect in the future from Masson. A whole lot to unpack here. It's a pretty fun free-flowing conversation between Connor and I, and we get pretty animated as well, too, because, uh, as you can tell, and, and a lot of people, nobody, nobody's out here saying, God, I love Masson. So uh, there's a lot of issues to sort through, and Connor and I talk through those, and I think you guys are going to enjoy the conversation. All right, a, a meeting of the minds in the Beltway right now. Uh, Josh Neighbors here, host of Locked On Nationals. And Connor Newcomb, host of Locked On Orioles. You and I have talked once before, and that was before a Orioles Nat series during the season. And lots transpired since then. Um, but now we and I are talking again because we have some massive news, which is not fun. Yeah, it's uh, you know, it's it's good to be back to talking with you, Josh. And you know, we did preview a beltway battle um earlier in the season. Uh and who would have thought that after the Nats winning the World Series two years ago that both teams, I mean, had extremely similar 2020 seasons. I mean, the, the records were pretty close. Neither team made the postseason. And uh, now the uh, hits continue uh, for both of these sides. Yeah, so the the big news, and, you know, you and I were trying to figure out when to do this, and you smartly said, well, let's not do it on Monday. Let's hold off and do it on Tuesday night. And you were right in saying that because we got some more news about it. But the big news here is that Masson – is cutting not its coverage, but they're cutting costs is the best way to say it. And so it's going to manifest itself for both teams in a seen way and a non-seen way. So obviously there are always things behind the scenes that are happening when a company cuts costs, especially, you know, right now in college athletics is a good, is a good example, right? You know, athletic departments are shrinking. You might not see it on the product in the field, but those departments are shrinking. The same thing is going to happen here to the broadcast productions I guess you could say of both teams so what is it going to look like for the Orioles because I believe there is a much more profound loss yeah obviously cuts are happening both places of but for the Orioles it's basically a a whole new crop and and it's it's so interesting because the Orioles before last season before even the pandemic uh had announced I mean, the joke is about 150 new additions to the broadcast team last year, whether it be on Masson, on the radio, on the pre- and post-game show, you know, doing different stuff for the Orioles themselves. There was so many new faces uh, on the broadcast team last year. And what it ended up doing is the Orioles' two main TV voices for the past, you know, 15-plus years, Jim Hunter and Gary Thorne, basically got silently pushed out last year. Now, they were both still under contract for the most of the 2020 season, uh, but neither of them did any Orioles games on Masson, and all these new broadcasters did. So we kind of saw this coming a little bit, uh, but now, of course, it's official. And, of course, we'll both talk about how they've eliminated the, the pre- and post-game shows 
Um, they're going to be down to, you know, short little 15 minute clips instead of, you know, 30 minute pre and post game shows. Uh, but for the Orioles, you know, the big difference is, as you mentioned, is their top talent is gone. Gary Thorne, who has been, you know, the main TV play-by-play voice on Masson for the Orioles since 2007, uh, is officially not coming back. He did not call a game last year, even though he was under contract. Uh, so his last game ended up being the final game of the 2019 season. Mm-hmm. Uh, that has caused a lot of blowback in the Orioles community. Um, I'm sure if anyone listening follows me on Twitter, they saw uh, me tweet and throw it over the last three or four days. It was very ni- you, you had some very nice tweets. I yeah, to- just uh, Gary Thorne was one of my you know idols in broadcasting, someone that made me want to get into the play-by-play business and, of course, was the voice of the Orioles. I mean, 2007 – you know, it was probably right around when I really, really started knowing what was going on with the Orioles um, at that age. And that's when Gary came on. So he was the voice of the Orioles. And then you've got Jim Hunter, who people are a little more lukewarm on as a broadcaster. Um, he was the number two TV voice. And then he would do a lot of the games on the radio mm-hmm. um, as well. But in, in Jim Hunter's defense, he, he's not a bad broadcaster. He's just not an amazing. He's just know, not Gary. That sticks out, he's right? He's not, not Gary. Gary yeah. but he is a perfectly fine, you know, professional broadcaster to have as your number two TV voice. Right. I mean, he hits the big moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a little too positive, uh, especially he called a lot of bad teams. Um, but he had <laughs> been with the team. He'd been with the team since 1997, mm. and he was under contract last year. Didn't do any games on TV, and now he uh, is out as well. And so those are, you know, the two huge departures. And then you look even further, Tom Davis, who had hosted the Orioles, you know, O's extra pre and post game show for years. Uh, he is out Rick Dempsey, who is, you know, of course, a famous Oriole, the world series MVP in 1983. He had been the analyst on the pre and post game show. Uh, he is now tr- transitioning into an ambassador role with the team, but will no longer be a broadcaster for mm-hmm. the Orioles. And then uh, Dave Johnson, who was a, a former Orioles player, he hadn't done much over the past three or four years. He uh, was doing a little bit, you know, back in the mid 2010s. He's officially out. And then Mike Bordick, who had basically been the number two TV analyst on Mass and, and of course had a great career with the Orioles, was the guy who replaced Cal Ripken at shortstop. Um, he is out as well. So you, you know, you combine all those names that have really been the Orioles' Mass and coverage for the past 10, 15 years are all gone. And the one thing that helps is there's no brand new faces because the Orioles brought all these new faces in last year. Right. And, you know, kind of, even though they did it before COVID turned it into like a crazy COVID season, you know, our broadcasters are older. We don't want to bring them all the way to Baltimore because, you know, Gary Thorne lives in, in California. Um, so it was, we're going to get these new faces in here and try it out in the COVID season. Really their whole plan all along was to do this, to cut costs. Yeah. And now here we are with, totally revamped look uh, and well broadcasting. you know i'll say this about gary you know a lot of people who are i mean if you're like us and you live in the area and you watch games obviously gary thorne is somebody that you know very well and and once again like people distinct voice obviously somebody everybody knows but there's a lot more people who know gary thorne because he used to call hockey i forget where he used to do it but obviously if you ever play the nhl video games gary was a voice in some of the old video i, I think for not sure how many years but for a while until they gave it to Doc and Eddie, you know, he was the guy who was calling games on NHL. So, you know, maybe um, NHL is obviously moving over to Peacock and I mean, we'll see how those things transpire. Hopefully Gary somewhere can get another job because I don't think he wants to quit. I mean, you know better than me, but it doesn't sound like Gary wants to stop calling games and I know he's older, but 
I, I think fans, you know, would want to hear him in some capacity somewhere. Yeah, he's actually already talked with uh, with Dan Connolly of The Athletic and with uh, Nathan Ruiz of the Baltimore Sun. So he's done mm-hmm. two interviews already. Um, you know, talked about his disappointment with not being back with the Orioles. Talked about how weird it was to not be calling baseball all of last summer. Um, and really talked about that he's, you know, he's, he's in his early 70s. Uh, he's not actively uh, looking for a new broadcast job, but his, basically his point was, I'm not going to go out contacting every major league team and say, hey, I'm available. But if somebody, you know, like say the right. Angels, who Victor Rojas, their broadcaster, just left his role to take the uh, general manager job of their double A team, which was a, a really interesting storyline a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> that is a yeah. ridiculously, yeah. because the thing is, so, like, you know, the general manager of double A teams, like that job is like something completely different than what he was than doing. a GM in the majors. Yeah. Yes. It's a completely different job. Yeah. Um, from broadcasting games too. It's a completely yeah. different job. And, and yeah, so he, he took that job, which I, you know, being someone who wants to get somewhere in broadcasting could not believe that happened. God bless. I mean, um, if it's what he wants to do, God bless yeah. him. But yeah, now sure, I can see right. it happening if you did it to take a, you know, MLB GM job. Right. That's a little different, but he took a double yeah. A job. But so does, did, does Gary live in the, is he in the Southern California area? Cause I mean, yeah, so, he, so he, he lives in California and you know, that, that was just an example that the angels do right. have an opening. So he was basically saying he didn't mention them by name, but if the angels reached out to him and said, Hey, Gary, did you want to come do 60 games for us this year? That's something he would definitely do. He didn't close the door on hockey at all. You know, you mentioned, uh, cause I, I think a lot of people, even our age don't know that, that ESPN had the Stanley cup finals before NBC did. And Gary was the voice of ESPN, the Stanley cup finals was, yeah. on ESPN. And when they went to NBC, um, you know, Gary didn't have any kind of contract with NBC. He was doing football and hockey at ESPN. And of course doc got the job and obviously doc's been incredible. Um, but, you know, Gary didn't rule out doing some sort of hockey. I think the NHL broadcast rights are up in a year or two. The elimination of NBC Sports Network is not going to help NBC get those rights back. No. And if somebody else came in and scooped up a package of games and Gary's there, I mean, I know that would make a lot of people Amazon happy. Prime. Yeah, I, I feel like I feel like in about like three years, not three years, 10 years, 2020, 2031, I mean, we're just going to talk about every single sport on, on probably Amazon yeah. Prime. But and, yeah. and who knows how Gary would handle um, being on a only streaming network. He's not <laughs> the most technologically advanced guy, um, but I, I think he'll be back somewhere. Right. Um, same with a guy like Jim Hunter. Um, you know, I don't know if he's ready to, to retire fully from broadcasting just because he's had such a great career and he is younger than Gary as well. Um, but, you know, that's where it kind of differs for the Nats, I guess, for you, because Unlike yeah. in Baltimore, where you're seeing a full facelift of the Masson front-facing talent during the game, it's still going to be Bob and FP every night, but uh, what is changing there? Yeah, so Bob and FP every night, and I mean, there, people have mixed emotions about Bob and FP, but they're Bob and FP, so like, cool. I, I'm totally fine with that. I mean, I, I would, I'm struggling to, like, it's weird. Alex, Alex, so here's the story. Alex Chappell, obviously silent reporter, she is out. And I like Alex and she's awesome. If you watch, she does some stuff, I believe for ESPN as well. Some silent reporting. So you'll see her doing, uh, I think I saw her doing some college hoops. I want to say not hundred percent sure, but I, I de- definitely saw her doing something else. So I'm hopeful, hopefully for her swing on her feet, Bo Porter and then Dan Colco are the other two who are out. And so the big loss there is, is going to be Dan Colco because Bo Porter, who is a, it was, you know, formerly a player and a coach, comes over right when they get rid of Johnny Holiday and Ray Knight on the pre and post game show. Dan Colco used to have Alex Chappell's role. They move him into the host 
And they moved Bo Porter in as the guy who was the co-host on the, you know, the analyst, basically you could say on that's extra pregame postgame show. So they're all out. And I, and I think Bo was, uh, was really good. I really enjoyed his work. Alex and Dan are the two that are more constant, I guess you could say, right? Like those are the two, I think that, I, that at least for me, they resonate a little bit more. I always thought Bo's analysis was a bit more sober than Ray Knight. So I'm not like, you know, I'm, 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 I'm upset about that one, but I, I think in specifically Dan is the one where there's been a lot of acrimony because from the fans, at least because Dan was, you know, he was, he was the, the sign guy. And then he got elevated onto that role on TV. And there's this amazing, I'm sure you've seen this video of, I believe during the wild card game, it's him and Bo Porter in the Masson offices, like just losing their minds, like just the, the awkwardly chest bumping. There's people running around. And these are two guys who clearly love the team. And that's why the fans are so upset because they felt like they were fans. Now from a broadcast perspective, you could argue that, you know, maybe it's the best thing. That's not really the point here, but that's the part where I think a lot of people are frustrated is seeing that trio asked to, to, you know, to go. And then there's really no, no, you know, story about how they're going to pick that up because, you know, and you and I can kind of discuss this, but it's my belief that uh, the best kind of broadcasts do entail some silent reporting, especially in baseball. When the game is three hours long, to have somebody like Alex Chappell talk to the coaching staff, talk to certain players, talk about the adjustments that things they're working on, that stuff's important to me, in my opinion, when I watch baseball games. Because the fans are listening and saying, oh, I'm noticing that too. You know, his timing, oh, I'm, I'm noticing that. That was change-up, I'm noticing that. So losing somebody like that, you know, Dan was in that spot and, and Alex in that spot, that's, I think, the, the part that people are going to notice the most in the game when they start watching. So long-winded answer there, but like you said, that's the, the big three there um, are, are what they're losing. And more from my conversation with Connor Newcomb of Locked On Orioles in a second, but first, a word from our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best-tasting, best-for-you protein bar in the game today. They've got 18 delicious flavors, six new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry bar chia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. I've had all of them. They're all very good. Right now, go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off on your next purchase. Once again, promo code LOCKEDON, and you also have a chance to win a free cooler while supplies last. Locked on is the promo code at BuiltBar.com for your 20% off coupon on your next purchase. Show today is also brought to you by RockAuto.com. RockAuto.com is the best place to go online to find affordable parts for your car or truck. RockAuto.com is a family business who have been in this industry for nearly 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Best of all, Prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for pros and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so know what we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Also go check out Locked On Today. It's a new podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, I was actually on the show uh, yesterday morning on Tuesday to discuss the Texas Tech and West Virginia basketball game, an instant classic. was glad to be on there, but you guys should go check that out. 
It's basically like the daily, but for sports. So if you guys have heard New York Times, the daily, it's 20 to 30 minutes. Yet you said every single day with kind of the biggest news story. This is like that, but they've got several news stories and it's an awesome episode. Everything, uh, you know, it's, it's all in the world of sports. So I encourage you guys to go check that out. All right, now back to my conversation with Connor Newcomb of Locked On Orioles. One thing I want to ask you about. So the Nationals have said, the team said, you know, we're unhappy to see Nats extra go from 30 to 15. Masson's press release says the pregame show staying at 30. Was there anything on that, like on the Orioles side? What was the, what was the word there on the Orioles side? Yeah, so I saw the 15 and, and you know, obviously there's, the news with with the app as well uh, that Masson is, is finally which was supposed out. to be a positive news type yeah, deal, right? Streaming I mean, app, but it you know the time that the timing that it dropped, you just kind of added in with all this other stuff, and it, it can't be as positive as it should have been. Uh, right. But in that release, I know they had mentioned you know, still having pre and post game shows, but I kind of put that together with the fifteen minutes I saw and thinking, okay, at six fifty, you know, they're going to go live with something, and I think it's just going to be as they said, kind of the broadcasters you know, doing a lead in to the broadcast instead of a separate group of people doing a pregame show and then going to the game. But that's the interesting part between the O's and the nationals right now is, you know, you, you mentioned that, you know, it's, it's Alex Chappell's out, Coco's out and Bo Porter's out and, and Bob and FP, you know, that's the difference between the Orioles and the Nats. Bob and FP do every single game, uh, you know, for the O's, you know, Jim Hunter and Gary Thorne would switch out. Uh, Jim Palmer and Mike Bordick would switch out as the analyst. They had Brian Roberts do some games um, as an analyst as well. Uh, so for the Orioles, they still have eight people that they've announced on their broadcast team for 2020. And as far as people working for Masson, you have Kevin Brown and Scott Garceau are going to share the play-by-play duties on Masson. Uh, Melanie Newman will do radio play-by-play. Plus, she did some sideline for Masson last year. Uh, and she did a couple of Masson play-by-play games as well. And then they have Jeff Arnold, who's going to do most of the radio broadcasting, but he did some Masson play-by-play as well. And then they have two or three analysts that are still there um, as well. And, and a couple of other local sports radio guys, Brett Hollander and Rob Long, who are still on the broadcast team who have done pre- and post-game stuff. Mm-hmm. So for the Orioles, it does seem like even if it's, you know, say Kevin Brown and Ben McDonald uh, doing the game on Masson, there could be a chance where some of those other names might be hosting that 15-minute thing. But I look at the Nats right now, and does it seem like they're going to hire anyone else, or it's they just going to be an extra thirty minutes of Bob and FP? Well, I mean, God, God bless us if there is. I mean, like that's going to be. Once again, I love them, but like I, you know, I'm home right now during the pandemic, and I'm watching these games with my dad oftentimes, and you know, I'm watching it with the game, and at some point, like he makes a lot of excellent points, but there are some points where you're like, you know what, I, I want some variation you want some other opinions and you mentioned it too like there's there's nary a time where it is not bob and fp right sometimes they'll have uh you know either charlie or dave step in um and and, you know the two radio guys they'll step in and you know do a game so either charlie slows or dave jaguar will come in and do one they might need to bring those guys on or you know maybe bring in a a guy from the you know obviously the junkies is a big show and one of six seven the fan you know, bring in one of those guys or bring somebody in because I don't know how the three man is going to work. I haven't seen anything about who else they're going to bring in at this point in time. So that's my question on that front. Um, I do want to ask you though, because we haven't touched on this yet, the app, right? 
this is something that people have been clamoring for forever. Now, I'm not sure who your cable provider is. Who is it? Just so we can. Xfinity. X- so, okay. So I have that too. So the one nice thing about Xfinity is if you go on to Xfinity stream, which is their online service, if you are in home, you can watch your team on your computer. So that ensured for me, if I'm upstairs doing work on something, you know, whatever it is I can have on, you know, on my personal computer, the Nats game streaming. And then on my work laptop, I can, you know, for serious XM, I can do be doing that work. That's very nice. Now though, we actually get the app what we've been clamoring for. You can watch, you know, with your cable subscription, if you have Masson, you can watch Nats games either at home or on the go. And I feel like they're behind the curve and, and those games now too. They've been behind the curve on this, Connor, haven't they? Yeah, I mean, way behind the curve. I mean, You're like way, 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 so, way behind the curve. I mean, obviously this is more so for, for your Locked on Nats listeners, but I know a lot of Orioles fans like myself – are also you know Wizards and Caps fans because there's there's none of those teams in Baltimore so we you know we watch yes. NBC Sports Washington for for at least the Wizards great um, channel and the Caps and and even I know a lot of Orioles fans are Washington football fans um, as well just because the Ravens didn't come around until the mid 90s mm-hmm. so you know we're at least used to that part of it where the Caps and the Wizards you know NBC Sports Washington obviously being with them NBC makes it so much easier but they've had streaming for, you know, I feel like the last decade where I could go right. on my phone and watch the end of the Wizards game. Um, and you think about all the other RSNs, you know, like all the Fox Sports RSN, you know, Fox Sports Southwest and, you know, teams like there's half a dozen, you know, a dozen or more teams that are on Fox Sports RSNs. They all have the streaming because they're with the big parent company, Fox. And, you know, that's the thing that's always been weird with Masson is the deeper we get, the more and more teams that are going to, a big parent company RSN, you know, it's an NBC sports, whatever it's a Fox sports, whatever the, the AT&T universe, you know, the three or four teams that are on there. I mean, you really only have like the SNYs and the S networks in New York and then like Masson. And that's, that's really where, you know, all the other teams are basically right. at this point and Masson, you know, SNY and, and yes, are, are pretty well put together. Unlike Masson. And <laughs> oh, you know, it's Masson is a total disaster. Like if you, yeah. if you guys aren't privy to this, the Nationals and the Orioles co-own co-own Masson, but they have been in like what is it like nearly a decade-long legal fight? Yeah, I mean, I mean, well, for really, people who own the, it's it's absurd. It's been a legal fight since the Nats became a team, really. Yes, because yes. you know they, the they Orioles were the upset Nats, about them coming into the market. I mean, they were right because the Masson was pretty new, right? Right when the Orioles or right when the Nats came it became a team, that was right around when Masson became a thing because the Orioles weren't home team sports uh, before then, and. Obviously, they worked out a deal to get Masson on there because they were like, look, we're in, the, we're in the region. You know, D.C. was getting Masson anyway because a lot of D.C. people were Orioles fans because there wasn't mm-hmm. baseball there for a while. Um, and they were like, just put us on there. And I guess they thought it was a good idea at first. And it has not been a good idea since then. And all the money that, it, you know, everybody's being sued. And, and you know, the Orioles owned Masson first and foremost. And that's where the big discrepancy right. comes because the Nats came in. The Nats established themselves. The Nats got good and now the Nats are obviously a overall at this point a better team than the Orioles are um and so you know that's where a lot of the discrepancy comes I wasn't going to say it but so I'm glad you did but it it is obviously just a a full disaster but back to the app thing you know there's still a lot of questions about it first of all like it's great that you have an app but like if I'm not in my house but I'm on wi-fi and I have my laptop like am I going to be able to stream it on my laptop and The other thing we've learned is that there's going to be no exterior, at least for now, 
subscription service to get the games. It's if they're if you're it's included in your TV package, you can log in and get it on the go. But if you are say like I know a couple of Orioles fans who now live in Arizona, uh, you're not going to have Masson on your TV package out there. And so even though you can get the Orioles through MLB TV, MLB TV is not a very user-friendly product at times. And so there's still no streaming option to just go get Masson at this point. And there's the weird blackout areas for Masson that are like, you know, in Virginia and a little bit south of Virginia where some places have mass and some don't. So it's the blackout area for it's the awful. Orioles and the it's blackout awful. area for the Nats, but you can't get mass in. Um, and so that issue has not been fixed yet. So I'm happy there's going to be an app. And, you know, that really, the thing that solves for me is what I'm on the go to just pull my phone up. Um, I'm not going to admit that, you know, I, I watch the game on my laptop uh, in other ways when I'm not sitting in my house, but you know, I know a lot of people do that as well. You know, Reddit's a great what, place. What could, yeah, Reddit's, Reddit's a wonderful place. I mean, what, um, what I, but like, but, here's the problem that like those things exist because you don't, I mean, okay, those things exist because people don't want to pay. Sure, whatever. But those things also exist. And this is not just a problem exclusive to them. The other night when the UFC was had a pay-per-view on ESPN Plus, Conor McGregor pay-per-view, people were watching it illegally because the ESPN Plus stream was crashing. Like, this is not a problem exclusive to Major League Baseball, okay? So, you know, I'm not saying okay to you, but just in general. So, like, like these people, you know, the whole blackout areas thing, it, it's it's striking to me how it still exists. The Like, in 10 years, it won't be, and we're all going to look back on that and be like, this was one of the dumbest things that ever occurred. Because I understand the TV contract, TV wants to protect themselves, and... Nielsen ratings still matter, but like find a better figure on how to measure audiences. So when I watch on my computer, you're not like, you know, you can count me, right? You know, so people are like, you know, because that's really why they want you, they black you out because they want you watching on their television channel or on their, I guess, you know, if you Xfinity stream it, maybe that counts too. I'm not 110% sure, but they want you to watch it through that property, right? So they can count it officially as viewership. That's at least the way I understand this. But yeah, like they, they got to figure this out. And look, with the marriage that Masson has had with the Orioles and the Nets, and I don't know if, I mean, it's weird because like, it's not a rivalry, but like in the front office, you have to know. And it's just <laughs> like those two teams hate each other. I mean, just with all the crap that's going on, I do not expect them to put out a consistent, working, well-functioning product. Do you? I mean, I'm assuming if I try to watch the game on my phone on opening day, whenever that may be, something's not going to work correctly. And <laughs> it's a tough place to be in. It's a tough yeah, place to be. Something we didn't even mention um, is that kind of very hidden in all this Madison news is, you know, obviously things were, were weird last year with, you know, when spring training happened and then didn't happen and then summer camp and, you know, the exhibition games and stuff like, you know, the Orioles played two exhibition games. And, you know, one of them was against the Nats, mm-hmm. or they played three, I guess. Two were against the Nats. Masson aired those games. And then one against the Phillies, Masson did not air because it was in Philly. So you had to, obviously, you know, use your friend Reddit again because it was on NBC Sports Philadelphia. Good friend Reddit. Um, but, you know, just thinking about what the Orioles did last year and, and kind of hidden in that release was like, the Orioles are going to air a very limited amount of spring training games. And, you know, that's another thing that, I think fans who get deeper into the game and, and people like us who you know are covering the team as well, like that is a huge opportunity, especially for a team like the Orioles with 
a lot of guys, a lot of prospects, a rebuilding team to see these guys face major league pitching and get at least a feel for where they're at in March of that year, whenever spring training is. And that was another thing that was hidden and who knows how that's going to go with the app. But I guess to wrap up, Josh, like the, the last thing I want to ask you is, you know, is there any, you know, you kind of gave one prediction there that the app's not going to work great at first, but any, any prediction on, you know, what they do as far as maybe bring in other broadcast talent, because right now they've just got Bob and FP or any prediction about like how this all kind of plays out with the fans throughout the 2021 season. Um, I don't know because, well, it's challenged because we saw today that Masson offered the Nats a chance to pay the salaries of Chapel, Colco, and Porter. But the problem with that is the Nationals might have been made to look bad there. That's something I should have mentioned earlier. Because, look, like it's like, hey, Nats, you have a chance to save these three jobs. The problem is Masson's making cuts to the programming to where it's like, where would you put them? You know what I mean? So, you know, the Nats, you know, okay, say the Nats pay the salaries of Colco, Porter, and Chapel. Where do they go on television? Because if your intention is have FP and Bob do the pregame and, you know, maybe a little bit of postgame, where are they going? So I thought, I think before people jump on the Nats and say, hey, what the hell? You could have picked them up. Why didn't you? Just think about what, what Masson's doing with the programming and ask yourself, if you were a business owner, would you save those jobs when the people who are going to put them in the place to succeed slash perform are not going to put them out there? Would you do it? The answer is, or at least my answer is no. Um, and, and I think, you know, it's, you, you're giving them now the opportunity to go and do things elsewhere. They need to get a sideline reporter, in my opinion. They need to bring somebody in to fill it, you know, maybe even bring Alex Chapel back on a different contract. I don't even know. But they got to get somebody in to at least provide some kind of extra insight to Bob and FP, because I can, guarantee, I can guarantee you 162 games of Bob and FP. Like you can be Gary. I, I think for my, for my money, Gary Cohen's the best um, broadcaster out there. Sometimes 162 games of Gary Cohen can be a little bit stale, a little bit old. Right. So you want, you need to bring in something else. So they have to, is my answer, uh, my long answer to that. But yeah. It's, it's going to be interesting. And I mean, you know, it's, it's a business model and, and obviously they've started the streaming finally now, but with this dispute and, you know, the mat, the Nats probably going to be able to find a better home. I mean, NBC sports, Washington, depending on the future, of that NBC contract right cannot there. come up soon enough. That contract and, cannot come soon. Yeah. And I mean, my question is, you know, what, what is the future of, of Masson itself? I mean, at this, that, that's a whole nother podcast right there, but I, don't I think we know like, what it is. I, I think yeah. we know Mass is not long for this world. And and I think the, the issue is really is, obviously it takes a whole lot of working out no matter what, but mm-hmm. the Nationals at least have a not seamless transition, but something could be worked out with NBC Sports Washington in their backyard who already airs the Caps and the Wizards to get something there. Baltimore is a I different know, spot. And I'm, I'm, Baltimore and I'm sorry for Baltimore doesn't you. have anything because – our only other pro team is the Ravens. And obviously you don't have to deal with, you know, having a home team network for the Ravens because you're on right. broadcast every game. And so if Masson really does cease to exist, the Orioles, you know, you're looking at your closest things are NBC Sports Washington. They're going to have the Nats. NBC Sports Philly, they have the Phillies. And you don't want to put your Baltimore team under a name 
like NBC Sports Washington, unless they went to NBC Sports Mid Atlantic and took and you know went back to Comcast Sportsnet or NBC NBC ASN, yeah, something like that. And and so that's a whole other podcast. It's like Masson's. It's like but it's like Masson's the only option, but it's a horrible option type type situation. And so I do see a future in the next five to ten years where Masson might still exist, but it's just the Orioles. The Nats have gotten out, gotten themselves a better deal, and the Orioles are basically just on a network that is showing baseball in the summer and is just barely treading above water the rest yeah, of the Yeah, well, also the problem is the team owns it too, right? So, I mean, you know, that's that's coming out of, I mean, it better make money uh, or else, you know, you're going to be in you're gonna be in some bad shape. So, I mean. Maybe the Orioles are the first team to go full. I mean, they're just going to be on like Hulu or something, all their games or Amazon they Prime. Sh- honestly, they should. Like yes, Amazon Prime. Plus has all 162 Orioles games. Well, in theory, they would. Just, you wouldn't be able to watch them because the streaming platform is... Yeah. is, is as you know what. Uh, all right, Connor. Uh, interesting conversation. I guess we've come to no resolution, right? Because this stuff is complicated. Kind of beyond Sounds our like reach. Masson to me. Sounds Came to no resolution. Like another day at Masson is, uh, I think it'd be a good title for this podcast. Um, where can people find you and your work? Yeah, so you can uh, follow me on Twitter at Connor Newcomb underscore. I got a nice Gary Thorne thread of all his mm-hmm. best moments as the Orioles broadcaster. Uh, Check out the Locked On Orioles podcast at Locked On Orioles on Twitter. And of course, wherever you listen to Locked On Nats. I know there's like a, an odd bunch of people who cheer for both the Orioles and the Nats because of just the thing? timing and the location. Yeah, Is I do it? know some people. Um, so if you are one of those people, uh, you can check out Locked On Orioles as well, wherever you get your podcast. I have not experienced that yet, but you can find me at Josh Neighbors on Twitter. Uh, you can find me. Uh, also you are show Locked on Nationals, Nationals your daily you Washington Nationals podcast, podcast. part of the Locked on, on Podcast Network, yeah. your team uh, every day. It uh, gets the blood boil a little bit when you talk about that. All right. Talk to you later, man.